wit There's such a lot of living to do They're sassy, sexy, spunky, witty, and best of all, opinionated. They are the girlfriends. And now here are Shelly, Whitney, and Shauna. Hello, you're listening to The Girlfriends, and I'm Whitney Lasky here with my dear friend, Shelly MacArthur. Hi, guys. Oh, one of these things is missing today, and it would be Shauna Montgomery. Another girlfriend with the same body image problem. Now, we'd like to tell you that she's getting some kind of plastic surgery, um, or, you know, just kind of give you an insider look into what exactly, where is Shauna and what is Shauna doing? She's on an island um, But, you know, she's not getting plastic surgery. She's not having a miracle facelift or lipo, which she's been really wanting for a while. Um, <laughs> she's a legend in her own mind. She is definitely, well, as we all are. Yes. And I uh, just want to say, hey, Shauna, if you're listening to The Girlfriends, we love you. And you have a phone. You can call in. But um, <laughs> that's funny. She could be stranded somewhere. I don't know. I hope the guy's cute wherever she's stranded exactly we had talked about on our last show um just the differences in generations and um you know we talked about the millennials and we have um you know kids that fall into that that category and um we got quite a few uh calls and quite a few emails about it and just wondering people basically wondering what we thought about Exactly, can you define a generation? Uh, what would you define your generation as being? What would you define um, your kids' generation? And, and do and, your kids fall into that? And we had to respond. We don't know because our kids don't speak. So. Yeah, my, yeah. It, you know, uh, you know. Each generation has common, you know, characteristics. I suppose that that give it a, a specific character, um, and. I guess there's four basic generational archetypes that like repeat a cycle. Uh, so, um, like in, in the generation of my 18 year old son, he would be a millennial and, um, that they'll be more civic minded, uh, with a really? strong sense of community that I can see service and community. service and community, but also very narcissistic. So I see that too. <laughs> And I definitely, I said to Shelly, you know, I'm almost afraid to talk about this on the air because I don't know, I don't want to make a broad sweeping generalization about every 18, 19, 20 year old I know, but um, my sons are very, my my son is very, um, I think it's almost like where your older kids, I see that they're very helpful and very like, yeah, I'll, you know help do the heavy I'll go to the grocery store I'll take care of the baby you know I know um I think I don't know I see I with we're my reverting son, back it's almost like you I know, agree with you what is that go get the meatloaf you know yeah why <laughs> is that I don't understand Jeff do you know why is that I I feel that I see that with these guys do you it, think it's it's like there's this um is it because they're not communicating with and talking is it because they're texting, so they don't have this? I think it's, it's because there, there's a chip missing. I think it's because from a very young age, we said you can, you know, like you. Can, I know for me, like you can do no wrong. Like I wanted a confident kid, you know, that's what I wanted, and you know, they in terms of facing adversity and, uh, you know, he, he. I've pretty much handled, you know, most things you know I mean you know he's gotten great grades he's a great kid you know he is um 
you know, a great athlete. He's very spiritual. He is a giver, but he definitely has this sort of, uh, you know, tr this, he's like a, you know, I see a little bit of a throwback to, you know, the way the women macho, are, yeah, that I, what macho is that? thing. Jeff, why, why do you think that is? I, th I think a lot of what that is, is, uh, you, like the internet is, everything is at your fingertips. Everything is so instantaneous and you have this broad depth of information that people can find out anything they want, how to do anything. A lot of people think that they're, nowadays, one, they can communicate when they want to, and they can find out and how to do anything, so they're unstoppable. They feel like they can do anything, and that they're owed everything. And I, yeah, and I also think that there's a immediacy in terms of developing relationships. I mean, with this whole Facebook thing, and... It's look at that Manti Teo kid who really believed he was have had this girlfriend and having this relationship with this girl. Yeah, what when in fact that? he never met this girl, and you know I think that there's it, it it concerns me that kids are having relationships with people that they think are relationships, but they're cyber relationships. Now, they're Whitney, not real relationships. Whitney, explain to our listeners, though, what that was for this those is people a guy that did not know. who uh, was a football player at Notre Dame, and he thought his girlfriend had passed away. What? And was, you know, depressed, and every all the kids rallied around him, you know, in terms of as a community at Notre Dame, and it turned out that he never met this girl. She wasn't real. She wasn't real. Oh, that's This wasn't so a real sad. person. In fact, this was a made-up person by, they think, allegedly, by a young man who was her cousin trying to extort fame, money, whatever from this kid because he has a very bright future ahead of him. But this kid... And it, it sounded so incredulous to me when it all came down. But then I started thinking, I could see that happening because kids spend more and more time being isolated. You know, um, you know, research shows that living in a big house and having your kids in different rooms and not having family dinners and, you know, we think that American version of success really ain't so successful. You know, we're almost better off having the grandparents you and know, you have no living idea. in the aunts and uncles next right. door. You have no idea who they're talking to or what their conversations are now because everything's on the Internet or their own personal cell phone. And these are real relationships emotionally for these kids. I mean, they're making emotional connections with people that they have not actually met in person. Oh, my gosh. And this is a, you know, I think this will go down in history as being probably the most visible case but this kid you know mourned this person loved this you know loved this person mourned That's this person so and you know started a foundation i think to for the type of cancer that she supposedly had and he, this person never existed and you know I'll, you know clearly our, our kids are prey to being conned in this way as well um, but i just read somewhere too that facebook is expanding their services so that even there's even more connection now, more knowledge, because now your Facebook friend can go onto your Facebook and connect with your other friend, I mean, and never have met you. <laughs> I mean, it, it just, uh, it's a frightening world. And I think, you know, in that way, you know, it's, it's positive in that when you graduate from high school, 
you're still going to be connected with your friends. You're still going to have that community of friends that you can stay in touch with. However, it, it is a little dangerous, I think, because you can also be connecting with a community of friends that, and having these emotional relationships that you don't, that don't, they don't, that people I think don't exist. It's crazy. I, I just, you know, I, I mean, don't you remember as a kid? Did you have pen pals in school where you know? I did have a few. I yeah. don't know. I was didn't really. And I wasn't and, a really good pen pal. <laughs> I did it for a while, but and or going to camp and like writing, yeah. you know, and. You know, there's something to be said for the written, taking time and writing a note. I, I, every New Year's, this is one of my resolutions, that I'm going to write thank you notes and be more thankful to people, and that I'm going to not email, I'm going to write a note. And it's a lost art. I agree. I mean, it, I agree. It really I'm still is. an advocate of writing notes. I, I try to enforce it, but... I think this generation is really, um, I mean, I get more interesting texts than I do conversation from this generation, so. Yes, and their, their way of communicating is texting. Um, I took my son to the dermatologist yesterday, and it was an 8.15 in the morning appointment, I'll say that, but just eye contact and speaking so that you can be you know, clearly understood you know, I, I I wanted to just like get a ruler and like smack. Them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sit up straight. Um, it just amazes me because, you know, I find myself thinking like, even if you're not interested in this topic or passionate about a topic, feign it. Like pretend like you are. Yeah, exactly. Hello. Because nobody's can read your mind. I you know. know. And express yourself. You know, communication. And I think this electronic stuff is really... I couldn't agree with you more. I'm over the electronic stuff. I I want a person. I really do. I mean, everything is, you know, all your doctors now say, you know, you can get on the whatever it is and tap in and I can talk to you. I don't want to talk to you online like that. There's a, a new website. Um, I want to say WebMD. I'm sorry if I'm quoting it wrong where you can meet a doctor vis-a-vis Skype and that doctor will prescribe you a... Oh, that might not be too bad. Well, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> that could be a good thing. But here, if it was something like z or, you know, right. if you had a cold or something like right. that. But I think that's, that's, that's frightening to well, me. Well, it's frightening because we're already over-medicated in the United States. We're over-medicated. So to be able to do that and... That will surprise me because most doctors will not give you uh, any kind of um, antibiotics without... They have kiosks in Walmarts now that do that. And now Walmart as well, right. That's and But I, you know, they do not diagnose properly because I know yeah. I've had people that have worked for me that have gone into those kiosks and they have been very, very sick. And then they put them on a Z-Pack thinking, oh, we'll put you on a Z-Pack. And it has nothing to do with the Z pack. It is could be a very serious sinus infection, or it could be a very, which is a completely different diagnosis. But the fact it's, of it is, getting to, you know to the millennial thing here, we've got Obamacare that supposedly is kicking, you know, is going to kick in in fourteen, and doctors are now saying, hey, you know, we're not doctors aren't going to be making that much money. I mean, this is all, you know, going to be regulated. So. My parents' doctor, I just went through this with them. It was like, you know, leaving, you know, I'm doing something else because 
you know, this is not going to be, I'm not going to be able to support my family. I'm not going to make the money that I made. And, you know, we think doctors are, you know, rich people. They're not. Doctors don't, you know, I mean, they make a very good living, but um, not whole, anymore. They're, you know, they, it's changing. It's changing. And, and it's, people, and they don't want to be doctors now. And it's also, you know, companies like my husband's company where, you know, you don't have 500 employees. Well, you have to make a decision. I mean, if they're going to reduce your pay because you're going to be making, because of Obamacare, I mean, is that what you really want? You know? Right. It just, it's really, and I'm, I wish I was more well-versed in it, but I think that, you know, our kids, like, going into this now, by the time they're 21, 20, I mean, this is, you know, Obamacare supposedly, you know, will be in, in full tilt, and, you know, that's unless, why Unless these, we have a Republican in the White House and they completely reverse Obamacare, which is what they want to do. Well, a Republican in the White House is going to have to get some Democrats to do their marketing and PR. I know. Well, <laughs> absolutely. And they have to change their whole storyline because but that's not going to happen. I think that that's why these Walmart, that's why these kind of websites are starting to pop up now. Because even yesterday, the doctor said, um, if you have a problem with this prescription, you know, getting it paid for by your insurance... Um, give me a call because there is um, a pharmacy in Kentucky that will, um, you know, send you overnight this with no problem. So instead of paying X amount of dollars from your insurance, you'll pay a lesser amount from going through this. All of this is, it's like new territory now with this, with medicine. It is all new territory. And, you know, Oh, I also heard of another website that I that where you can go online and Skype with a, a what do you call them a, a beautician. In my day, we called them beauticians, Jeff. I think now they call them stylists. We used to call it a beauty shop. Now they call it salons. Um, sorry, I had a little retro moment there, but um, we used can, to call them discos. Now they call them clubs. That's right. We still call them discos. We still going to the disco. <laughs> um, you can go online. And a stylist, a colorist, will look at your hair, and they'll give you the box. Ver- they'll send you in a box. Oh, my God. Okay, I don't want that. Overnight, they'll send you the hair color that you need, and you can apply it yourself. Think about the millions of women out there that, you know, cannot afford hair color from a great stylist. Think about the women who live in, you know, whatever locations that want to color their hair. Think about women that color their own hair. I mean, it's like a some kind of billions of dollar industry from the L'Oreal like boxed hair color, Clairol boxed hair color. Now it's going to be custom color, okay? So it'll be wow. better color, but they're going to send it to you and you put it on yourself, mm. and it's like twenty bucks. I mean, that's going to be. I mean, all of this is changing. All of the, you know, it, it's. Uh, this is with the millennial generation. To our listeners, we're talking about millennials and. For all of you that have teenagers and kids in this generation, um, we need to help save them. The world is changing at such a fast pace that it's... We were in an argument last night, not a, not a real argument, but a heated discussion about global warming in our house last night. And I, I mean, to me, global warming is a real thing. I mean, I think that that's really happening. But to my son, it's something that, you know, Al Gore made a ton of money off of. And we don't really know the real story. And 
why did Obama get, you know, have a news conference? Why wasn't he talking about whatever that pipeline is, you know? Yeah, instead of talking about, you know, it just, you know, Blake thinks it's like a shell game. Like, you know, why aren't they giving us, like, the real information about what it is? No, I think global warming is very much real. I I do think it's maybe been a little bit... I I don't know. You know, it's funny. Um, Like, they say half of Miami will be underwater. Well, look at our weather conditions. I mean, really, in our world, the flooding that has gone on. It has been... Oh, what's happened in New Orleans, what's happened in Oklahoma, that iceberg that happened in Minnesota that wiped out practically a whole town. It's just bizarre things that are happening. Some people say, like, it's the beginning of the end of the world. I really choose not to believe that, but I don't know. There's so many bizarre weather conditions going on. It's kind of scary. I don't And in his book, The Lucky Few, Between the Greatest Generation and the Baby Boom, so greatest generation being ours no no our grandparents we're baby boomers right right um author elwood carlson called millennials the new boomers born 1983 to 20 uh, 2001 because of the upswing in births after 1983 finishing with the political and social challenges that occurred after the terrorist acts of september 11th and the persistent economic difficulties of the time Generally speaking, millennials are the children of baby boomers. Um, other uh, older millennials may have parents that are members of the silent generation. Um, and since the 2000 U.S. Census, which allowed people to select more than one racial group, millennials in abundance have asserted their right to have all of their heritages respected, counted, and acknowledged. So, not only are they, you know, more service-oriented and more technologically savvy. But they're also, um, I, I actually wrote on the doctor yesterday, it said, for, in that Privacy Act, mm-hmm. you know, what is your ethnic background? I wrote American, damn it. Okay. <laughs> I mean. Okay. That's I'm all a, right. I'm an American. That's what I am. I know. I like that. It's, I don't know. I, I think that it just seems like there is... Uh, definitely going to the swing of have and have nots and I don't know you know do you tell your kids in this day and age pursue what makes you happy I don't know I've been saying it and they're not making a dime so go figure well you know it, it could that in that business in their business that could change in it can change overnight two days it's amazing one minute you have a top hit show I mean when you think Hayes has had two network TV shows which is huge two network huge. TV shows and it's such a high when you're in it, and they love what they're doing. And I get phone calls from both of them saying, Mom, we love this. But when you're not working, it is the most frustrating, heart-rendering, difficult, challenging, well, deflating you're only, industry you can be in. You're only as happy as your unhappiest child as a mother, I think. So okay. when your kids are super happy, you're, you're happy. happy. When you've got a kid that isn't happy, that's as happy as you are as is, you know, it, you know, you, it just, I can't imagine, I know that when I was an actor, just the post-play depression, you know, exactly. it, when you're, well, when that gig is over. Look at play on everything that we do. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're so connected. You develop a team, you develop a camaraderie. And when that's over, I mean, it's, it's really it's, tough. It's heart rendering. I mean, look at these wonderful actors that... Uh, what was the guy? Of course, that was 
really crazy that played the the Joker. Oh my God, Heath Ledger. I mean, Keith Ledger, just to get into that role and to be as crazy and nutty as he needed to be, I mean, it's it's frightening. I, I it's a very last night unusual industry. Last night I watched Raging Bull, which to me is probably one of the greatest movies of the '80s, certainly. But and to watch Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci in that movie. Is so they are so incredible. I mean, Scorsese, the the lighting, the everything about that movie is just a study in film. And then to think about him doing like the Fockers. <laughs> well, he's done a complete and shift. I just that if, was a major shift. But if I was his mother, I, I mean, I just like I don't get it because listen, this, he needs money. But again, he doesn't need you know. He needs. He wants to work. He's an artist. I get that he wants to work, but I just don't under. You look at you know Robert De Niro in in Raging Bull, and then you that look at the Fockers, high. and you go like, oh, what, 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 like well, what, what happened? But he's not getting Raging Bull roles, but, so he has. But to- here's, but Shelley, this is what I'm saying. At, we're we're guilty of doing it to ourselves as members of the Screen Actors Guild because if you're willing to do that to yourself. What do you think the public's going to do? I mean, the pub, you know, the whole industry is not going to look at you the same way because you're not well, holding up your end of the bargain. You know, you- I don't know if he's not holding up his end of the bargain, but I think that he's made such a shift. And is it the shift made because he just wasn't getting those their their roles weren't out there like Raging Bull? You know, that was in a high time of his life. That was really the pinnacle of his acting life not to say that he couldn't do it again but you know and then they shift to all the young guys so I mean look at uh, gosh Dustin Hoffman didn't he just do uh, the aging opera singers the movie I have oh that really was such it. I loved that movie. I loved it it was a wonderful art piece didn't I tell you about the, you had yeah yeah, yeah. I, didn't you love it I loved it I knew you'd like that movie. I loved it but you know I mean did it get anything did it go anywhere no and you know here's Dustin Hoffman one of the great actors of the world it's just but speaking of that movie which is a very good point all those people who lived in that nursing home they were all opera singers. Divas, yes, they were. And they were all talented, and they were all different, and they all respected their craft, and they all respected each other, and there was something and elevated about their lives because they held true to the... the you could feel, like, you, the dignity that they had was palatable. Oh, I loved it. It makes me cry even thinking about it. You know, that movie, and what's the name of it? We need to tell our listeners, because it was a great movie. It was a great a simple movie, about, movie, but yeah, very simple. Um, but it said to me it was about the dignity of, because, I don't know, I'm but, terrified of getting older. My grandmother, that, as our listeners will recall, that we put into a nursing home and passed away recently, and the just... The dignity of being older is, it, you don't, we don't have the respect in our country for older people. We don't. And that's what I, I'm, I'm terrified of it. Terrified well, of it. Well, you know, the baby boomer generation, uh, this is another, this is a whole show talking about on how we need to take care of ourselves and have better living quarters because I've been doing this with my own mother. I've been looking at places and she's got a fabulous place and 
she doesn't need to go into assisted living, but I'm looking at assisted living places and yuck. Well, it's, and, and what they say is transition before they need to because yeah, but cool. then the slippery slope is very slippery and the decline happens very quick. Yeah, but quick. it's depressing. But it is so depressing. And what's depressing about it is that the treatment of, of older people in our country it's just it's not dignified I mean it's not dignified but this movie this particular movie and Whitney's looking it up quartet quartet how much fun would it be to be able to be in a place where you have people that are surrounding you that really love the same art that you loved and have the passion for the same thing that you have I know when I'm, you know, I lead so many different lives. I have so many different hats. But when I'm with my, which is, I think, one of the things that drew Whitney and my sister and I together is that we have a passion for the arts. We have a passion for this beauty in the arts. So I think it really drew us together. We also have a passion for theater, and I think it drew us together because we're not acting. But we were all actresses in our in our life, and we were in Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA. And but we're not doing it creatively at this moment in time because we married big li- big men with big lives, and that's such a major part in our life. It's very hard to to design your life to be able to do your career and lead the lives we lead. But these the people, the actors in quartet, most of them did not have children. That is correct. And they had each other. They gave up their life for their art. But and then I they think came the, together with such respect and dignity. And I think the ones that did get together, that did have children, at least in the one example, you could see it was very strained because the perception was that as a parent, you were very selfish because it was about you. It was about your art. It was about an audience of people you don't even know. It wasn't about me. And I think, to your point, that's what terrified me about going on, conti- you know, having children and staying. Whitney, me too. I mean, too. and I know that's for because you too. Because for me too, I, I am afraid to step. It's really crazy. I mean, that is a, some people have a fear, oh, okay, we'll never make it. My fear was not, no, I'll never make it. My fear was more a fear of success. That's and amazing. how it would change my life. And it's interesting now. And the dynamics of my marriage. Absolutely. And it's interesting looking at my friends who are very successful that are still in it and thinking, you know, would I have done it differently? Would I want what they have? Would I want that lifestyle? And to be honest with you, the answer is no. Um, I do miss the craft of what I did. I don't miss the business so much. Um, I'm going to be meeting up with one of my best, best girlfriends that I haven't seen in a long time. We were in a movie together. Um, she's coming to town for a tango convention. Oh, what? wait, is she still in the business? She's still in the business. Wow. And I'll be seeing her July 8th. Is she in the tango? Is she dancing? And she's dancing, yes. That's, wow, how she, wonderful. She decided that that's something she really wanted to do. And it's going to be interesting. I'll, I'll share the conversation when I... Is she I, married? No, no. Nan, not married, um, no children. I know. And she's still working. And, you know, you know, there are choices. And I guess for me, you know, 
I had this certain idea in my head of the kind of mother that I wanted to be and the kind of wife I wanted to be. And, you know, so I can't say that I would go back and change any of that. No, but, but I think that that's part of the frustration that you and I yes. and Shauna have. Because we wanted this life, and that's how we envisioned the life, because that's what we knew growing up. But yet we have this deep-seated frustration of being out in front. Yeah. And, it, and it's, needing that. Yeah. And it's definitely a part of, you know, it's of my tough. character. Yes, it it's is tough. tough. But, I, you know, the thing that I loved about that movie Quartet is that they all knew it. This was the other part that I thought, how blessed that most of us who, who know older people in our lives, their friends, they outlive their friends at a certain point in time. And I'm getting to that, like my parents now, like my their mother. friends are passing. And there's a loneliness, you know. And I think in the, in the quartet in the movie, they were so blessed that they had each they had other. each other. And it was like, yeah, they I get it. You know, they all they gave each other shit. You know, like we give each other shit. Right. But they all intrinsically had this love for each other, and, and had the and blessing that it was like, you know what, we have each other. You know, and you get it, and we get it, and we're together. And, you know, that's something that, you know, you don't see in nursing homes, you know, where there's but, just no... But, you know, no... also that movie, too, they were in a beautiful home with really the finer things in life because they were all opera divas. Right. And so they led this life. They continued living, living this life that was very grand and beautiful. And I, I just thought that was magical. And the I thing that it. made me just, I don't know, and this has been a reoccurring theme in my head, something I've been thinking about lately... When the the woman who came in, I'm sorry, what's oh, she's such a great actor too, um, mm. and she was like the, she really made it of Red everyone. Grave? Not no, um, oh my goodness, she was in uh, Marigold, that movie Marigold too. Not not Dench, not Judy Dench, the other. Not Judy Dench. Uh, okay. Anyway, she comes in. She's the big diva, and she finds love, you know, at her age. And I think, you know, it's a good reaffirmation that as long as you have a dream you have a life as long as you have something to you know go for and it's never too late to change it's never too late never to too make late. a change it's never too late to evolve life can surprise you you know and it's those moments that i think are the most uplifting and i love hearing those stories if you if our listeners anyone has a story like that where you just thought your life was going along one path, and then all of a sudden it completely changed uh, for the good, uh, please email us at thegirlfriendsentertainment.com. We'd love to hear from you. And you're listening to webtalkradio.net. You know, another thing that we, you know, we've been talking about, and I know that um, it's one of our sponsors and that we're so happy to be able to, because we're all doing it, is this re-cleanse, and you finished up on this re-cleanse, finished or are you up. still doing it? No, I'm finished up. I'm feeling great. I think that um, just the stress of graduation and... I'm still stressed. I'm st my son's still doing placement tests. Yeah, and, and we've got placement tests That's coming crazy. up, and it just, it seems like it's just a lot. You know, it used to be... Where was, the, you know, the time when the summer was fun, you know? know? It's still too much. It's like the world, getting back to our generation of kids, it's so competitive that you don't, you're not, it's like you don't feel like you deserve any kind of just 
free time to play. Like, there's no, just to play and well, just to have fun and just to, you know, have an ice sure, cream cone. And I know, just, for sure the millennial generation is overscheduled, no doubt about it. Those kids are so overscheduled. You, you can't even go to church on Sunday morning anymore because you've got to practice or you've got a game or you, I mean, that And that there's day, no respect for that. I, and there's no respect for and it. This happens with, with us all the time where I go... Who schedules Sunday games and Sunday practices? Well, I mean, especially isn't that, the hockey pucks. But isn't that family day? Isn't that it's supposed, supposed to, to be? be? It's gone. It, it is, you know, that is gone because why? You've got to be prepping, you know, be prepared to be prepared is what it's all about. And it's just everything is overscheduled and everything is, everybody's getting tutored. The smart kids are getting tutored. The really smart kids are getting tutored. So that the kids that aren't that smart are getting tutored, but yet... You're never catching up to anybody because everybody's accelerating. It's it's a craziness in our country. I and my heart stressful. really does go out to kids now because of that. I do too. You know, is I it, Jeff? Do you know are the questions on the standardized tests on ACTs and SATs have they changed those? They update them. I don't know what the interval is. But I mean, do. like, is the test we took the same as the test? No, the our test kids? we took. No, because you know what, the test. Because there are so many kids now that have mastered the SAT. I think it continues. I think it evolves, doesn't it? It does. Depending on the percentage of the kids that are mastering it. Yeah, I don't know what the interval is that they update it, but I know they'll announce redoing the writing portion of the SAT or redoing I mean, it is so hard to get into colleges these days and so competitive. And you know what? I I wish the whole system... Would change. I think it, Whitney. I think it has to, and I think it's going to, because I think what they're finding is these younger kids are going through so much stress, and what is the point? Because you know, it's like that young boy that we talked about on the air a couple of weeks ago, the 16-year-old that developed that app, and he was saying intrinsically that the school system has to change because he was never good at school. Right. I, we have to evaluate kids on more than a standardized test. We have to evaluate them holistically. We have to look at them as people and, and look at emotional intelligence and value that just as much as we value, well, you know, Oprah IQ just or, had somebody on, uh, gosh, my husband just told me, and again, the name escapes me, on her show about uh, thinking creatively, that there's such a vast majority of the percentage of the population that does not think with the left brain, but they think with the right brain. And we're not teaching that way. And we also, as a society in general, don't value creative people. Exactly. We don't pay creative people. We don't value what they bring. Um, You know, and, and those are the people who really, you know, change the world. There's a new app that came out. I read about this gal. Um, she's probably 27 years old. She lives in New York. And in our day, it was, you know, what color is your parachute? And what she's done is create an application. It's not an application. I'm sorry. She's created a website that has all the experts and all the help. It's You can go look for jobs on the website. But it also helps you define you know that what it is, what's right for you. There are more jobs than being, you know, a, a doctor, or a lawyer, or an Indian chief. There, there are all sorts of jobs, and we just aren't exposed to all of them. So th- her website helps kids, you know, evaluate like what it is that they would like to do. 
and shows like I guess all the different kinds of jobs and I think that's something that you know would be helpful you know across the board is just you know not pigeonholing you know kids or people right I, I that's you know that's but just getting to the apps that all these people are doing it, that, I mean, you know, in our generation, I don't even know how to get to the apps. Dude, these apps look keep, at, I, I've like been working on our website, right? And for me, just to show, like when I showed you and Shauna on Sunday, that was an entire day of work for me. Oh, I can imagine. And I, I'll bet you someone Jeff's age could, <laughs> could do it could in do about an, an hour. Could do, oh, even less than that. <laughs> I mean, I can't even get to the website, so what does that say about us? But, but we yeah. do have a website. So the Girlfriends has a website called thegirlfriendsentertainment.com. Please tune in. Follow us. We're all excited about the Blackhawks win and how successful they've been, and we're looking forward to next year's season. Um, they had an incredible parade in the city of Chicago that I guess just rocked the socks off of millions of people in the world. So we are that city of great pride in our sports team, and we are so thankful to all of our listeners out there, and we hope you tune in to us next week and have a wonderful summer week. We look forward to chatting with you, and you are listening to The Girlfriends on webtalkradio.net. Bye.